Mr. Cannon, Mr. Cathel, Mr. Collins. Here. Dr. Darmstadler. Here. Dr. Hadier. Here. Mr. Layfield. Here. Mr. Peden. Here. Mrs. Pryor. Here. Dr. Statler. Here. Mrs. Wright. We have a quorum. 1.03, executive session. Uh, motion to go into executive session. So moved. Motion, moved motion, yeah, motion made and seconded. All those in favor? Aye. 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 All those opposed? Executive session. Thank you. Ask everyone to please rise for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, liberty and justice for all. Please be seated. Need approval for the agenda of September 28th. Motion made and seconded. Any discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All those opposed? Approval of the agenda. Approval of the special meeting minutes from August the 19th. So moved. Motion made. Second. Motion seconded. Any discussion? All those in favor, say aye. 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 Those opposed? Approval of the regular meeting minutes from August the 24th and approval for the executive session meetings for August the 24th. Is there a motion? So moved. Motion made. Second. Seconded. Any discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 All those opposed? Recognition 4.01 Forbes 2020 Best in State Employer. Mr. Owens. Mr. Layfield, Mrs. Wright, could you join me at the microphone, please? I'm pleased to announce to the district and our board president and vice president and the remainder of the members of our board that Indian River School District was re recently recognized by Forbes, America's best in-state employers 2020 uh, school year. Indian River was number 15 on the list and it was the first uh, school system that was listed in rank order. Forbes and Statista selected America's best in-state employers based on an independent survey of approximately 80,000 U.S. employees working for companies employing at least 500 people in their U.S. operations. The America's Best In-State Employers 2020 title serves to reinforce our reputation as an employer of high quality.
again would ask that our president and vice president join me here at the microphone and Mr. Cliff Toomey, our supervisor of nutrition services. Could you also join us at the microphone? Mr. Toomey, our supervisor of food services was re recently recognized by First Lady Tracy Killen Carney as she announced the First Chance Award recipients. Awards recognize leaders, organizations that provide meals for children during spring and summer during our recent pandemic. The award recipients, many of whom are Delaware's Summer Food Service Program sponsors, were able to coordinate sites early this spring so that families could pick up meals for children to eat at home. And I will tell you that Mr. Toomey and his team of dedicated staff served 219,814 meals uh, over the course of our pandemic. And I can tell you that uh, anyone that was at the schools during those times saw uh, long lines at times for families that were there to receive a well-deserved meal. And his, uh, his team is very deserving of this honor, this First Chance Delaware Award. Mr. Toomey. Thank you, Dr. Owens. Now we come to the section in our board meeting for public comment. Anybody signed No one signed up at this time. No one coming forward for public comment. New business, 6.01, school choice applications, uh, September 2020. Mr. Lewis. Thank you. Good evening, everybody. On board docs this evening, you will see a total of 59 school choice applications. We are asking for approval to accept 39, reject 13, and place seven on the wait list. Uh, these applications have been vetted by the building principals and also been discussed by the building administration at IREC as well. Do we have any questions with this? Have a motion to move forward with these school choice applications? So moved. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Moves forward, unanimous vote. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Lewis. 2020-21 school meal prices. Good evening. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, on your board docs, you'll find the proposed meal prices for the upcoming school year. Though we are currently operating under the Summer Food Service Program and all students receive meals at no charge, possibly through December 31st, we do need to set prices in the event USDA, USDA reverts back to the National School Lunch Program. I'm pleased to recommend that all student prices remain the same. Uh, this would equate to 16 years without an increase to student platter pricing. However, due to USDA regulations, we do need to adjust adult meal prices. I've attached a DOE memorandum, which you also have addressed to me. The lowest price we can charge for adult lunch is 385. I'm recommending 385. The lowest we can charge for adult breakfast is 251. I'm recommending 255. Uh, these prices do require a motion and approval of the board. Do we have a motion to accept these prices? So moved. 
Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Thank motion you. passed by majority vote. 6.03, school reopening. Thank you, Mr. Layfield. I want to give an update. We uh, are starting our third week as school has reopened. Uh, we have pre-K through first grade in our, in our schools. And I am happy to report that our school opening went very well. Over the last two weeks, we've brought in an A cohort and a B cohort. And uh, they've been receiving instruction both in schools and with our hybrid model uh, at home synchronously and asynchronously. So please to, to report out those cases. Our guidelines have been followed and uh, our custodial crew has done an excellent job. Our nurses are doing an excellent job. Teachers have been following the protocol and administrators have been overseeing uh, students as they've come into their schools. So very pleased with that. I can tell you a report that from pre-K to first grade, we have about 1,200 students on a weekly basis coming in to receive hybrid instruction under our A and B model. I would like to, as we move into 6.04, discuss the calendar and a potential uh, proposal plan to bring students in uh, potentially somewhat quicker than we had originally uh, had, uh, discussed, but I did want to take any questions from the board in terms of the uh, model and the roll-in as we've uh, seen it the last two weeks and a day. Are you asking for input from the board from what we any questions heard? or input or feedback i think there's a lot of hard work being done in the district that is greatly appreciated but it is a uh, a daunting task for working parents with their children not in school and my phone has rung off the hook for the first week and a half of school based upon working parents i appreciate what we're doing but i'm i'm all about an aggressive plan to get them back into school working parents are having a very tough time trying to make ends meet and keep their students up to par with what's going on, specifically at the elementary school level. Sir, respectfully speaking. Any further discussion? Anybody else getting the same phone calls I am? I agree with Mr. Layfield with that. It, it is quite a challenge for working parents right now with the way these schedules are set. Um, we're doing a good job so far, it looks like. The only thing I have to add is for high school students right now, when they come back, they'll be in an ABCD cohort. Right now, they're only receiving one day of actual synchronous learning at home and since they're not going to get into school until november essentially unless we speed up the process i don't know why there couldn't be at least two days of synchronous learning at home instead of just that one day like monday and the rest of the week being spread out with assignments of, and so forth just just my opinion from what i see from my student at home thank you we the, the plans that we've developed were intended to have additional synchronous opportunities so I will go back to my team and analyze that. Thank you. I have heard from several parents, not necessarily do they have children, uh, but they're in other programs. And they're saying that if we're going to decide, the state has decided that we're going to let them go back and they can start playing football, it seems ironic that you can play football, but you don't have to enter the school. Learning setting, so I would also relate to you that parents have said that if you can be on a football field or a hockey field or whatever, 
minus more, you also need to be able to be in the classroom. All right, I haven't heard a whole lot from parents uh, concerning kids in school. Most of it been the earlier, the better. What I did hear from was what Mrs. Wright has just talked about. If they can play football, why aren't they in school? So the sooner we can get them back, um, to echo Mr. Layfields, the better. I agree. They can play football and be in school. They certainly can. Any further discussion before we move into the calendar? Dr. Owens? Okay. Uh, 6.04 is the, the district calendar. Two things. Um, before I get into a potential accelerated uh, roll-in, uh, on November 5th, what was return day, return day was canceled. However, it is considered a state holiday after 12. So where we had placed that previously on the school calendar as a, uh, if it is canceled that we would have a school day, we want to make sure that we are clear to our community that it will be a half day and students will not be required to come in. Teachers will be in for a half day uh, and teach students remotely. We don't think it'll be any issue. They're receiving remote instruction now, but that would day would be half day in person for teachers half-day remote for students. That's one aspect that I would like us to, to vote on. The other is the uh, return. So currently we have, again, as I spoke earlier, we have pre-K through first grade, and this will be their third week in with us. And uh, second and third grade are scheduled to roll in under our current proposal on October 12th. excuse me, second and third grade is scheduled to roll in on October 5th. We want to continue that the same. We don't want to add any this week. Second and third grade would, would stay uh, as their return would be October 5th. Our proposal would ask that we consider fourth and fifth grade to roll in on the 12th. That would be one week earlier, that's October 12th, Monday, and sixth grade as well. That would be one week uh, from when they were originally scheduled to come in. We have, based on the feedback, looked at that. We've uh, talked with our transportation department, and we feel that that is, is feasible uh, for us to speed up that roll-in for fourth and fifth grade and sixth grade. Additionally, we would ask that seventh and eighth grade come in the following week. That would be the 19th, and that, again, is a one-week uh, increase from what our original plan had outlined. We did look at ninth grade, rolling in ninth grade early, and subsequently our uh, 10th, 11th, and 12th graders. However, we ran into a roadblock with transportation. We spoke with our, and I'll let Karen speak to this a little bit. She's worked uh, tremendously with our, our transportation team, but the, our largest contractors are experiencing a decline in their drivers, which when we looked at trying to develop routes for these students on an expedited basis, they do not feel they're gonna have drivers aligned for that at this time. They do have drivers on the horizon, but it is about a two-month process to get processed, to go through DMV, to get the proper uh, licensure. So we uh, will continue to look at that, and I will bring that back to the board uh, as quickly as possible to try to bring in our high schoolers uh, a little sooner. However, based on our conversations with our contractors, bus drivers, and Tyler Bryan at the state, it does not look like that is a possibility at this point. So uh, my proposal would be bring, to bring fourth and fifth grade, sixth grade back on the 12th, again a week early, seventh and eighth grade on October 19th, again a week early. We did email out the schools today and they emailed their staff 
to get some feedback from their teachers. There, I did receive a few emails back in reference to some concerns with the process is going well. Should we speed up the process and risk uh, it not going as smoothly as we had? Uh, in our conversations with the principals and our staff, we feel comfortable that we can roll this in as smoothly as we did with our pre-K and through first grade students. Some of the other, uh, one other concern that we heard was whether we had consulted with DPH about this process and potential expedited roll-in. Um, Mrs. Blannard has talked with Dr. Conti, our DPH representative, and he saw no issue with a, a expedited roll-in. Mrs. Blannard, I'll let you uh, speak to uh, the transportation end. I know you've worked hard with that. Thank you. So um, we did investigate the transportation challenges that we're faced with right now for our high school students returning. Currently, we have 27 bus contractors, and we are seeing some drivers decide to um, discontinue their work because some of our drivers are elderly and they do have underlying medical health conditions. And so in looking at the data, our three largest bus contractors have the greatest vacancies. We have um, four vacancies with Dutton Bus Service. We have four uh, vacancies with Johnson Transportation, and then we have 10 driver vacancies with Layton. Plus, we have one smaller contractor that has a vacancy, so that gives us a total of 19 driver vacancies. And so what we're trying to do is look at strategies to address this. So we did meet with Tyler Bryan from the um, Delaware Department of Education, and what we're looking at is the students in the cohorts at the high school level, what does that data tell us around their um, uh, community where they live? So we could be looking at possible double or triple bus runs with our existing drivers. Of course, we would have to talk to our contractors about that to see if it's a viable option. And we're also collecting data from families or will be collecting data from families to see which students would require transportation as opposed to those that may be opting for self-transportation. So we will be working on that data this week, seeing if we could come up with a viable solution. But as of right now, we can't expedite the roll-in for our high school students because of the driver shortage. However, we, again, will be looking at viable options, working with both of our high school principals to see if we can collect that cohort data and look at additional runs with existing drivers and contractors that we're currently working with. I'll just reiterate, once that survey does come out, it's very important for our families, and we will uh, address this, but it's important for them to respond to that survey so we do have really accurate numbers on the, the number of students that will actually need to uh, ride on those buses. Right now, uh, our buses, we can seat 23, uh, but even with uh, even with lower numbers that would be coming in on a hybrid basis, uh, we don't have the amount of drivers for those buses at this point. So very important for our families to complete the survey so we know who, in fact, will be riding those buses. Just out of curiosity, is this a problem with other districts as well? I would assume that it is, but... We are one of uh, just a few districts that's actually bringing students back in right now uh, at this okay. level. So. Um, I can tell you uh, our friends over in Seaford and Woodbridge, they've been, and Cape, have been uh, doing some outside the box thinking with how they're, they're going to get students transported in. Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> this is difficult to accept. 
I, I respect the fact that transportation is a vital, vital role after speaking with these contractors. I respect the role, but it's the tail wagging the dog. We can actually start working on getting our students back into the classroom, but the transportation is not there. It's kind of outside the box a little bit. We're hiring our own buses. How many bus routes do we do within our, how many buses do we use now within district? I see Mr. Walters is, is in the back. Mr. Walters, in district buses. Routes, how many buses do we have? I apologize. The question was for district. How many do we own within the district, not contractors? We own 10 buses. The problem is when we're trying to hire bus drivers to drive our 10 buses, we're competing with the contractors locally to uh, fill those driver seats of those buses. And we're also giving them pay and benefits, and some of them are employed during the day. So we're, uh, we're thinking out of the box to do different things, but it's very difficult. We can get students back in the classroom for learning, but transportation's holding us up. And like I said, I understand the view of the bus contractors, but it's just very difficult to accept. We're so close to getting students back in school, but just a hard conversation or a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, I guess my question would be is, if we're not confident to roll them in early, are we still confident in the dates that we had set forth for those ninth graders and then those 10th and 12th graders to come back in come November? Because if it's a problem now, it seems like, even though it's a two month wait period, we're looking at two months now, I mean, that puts us the end of November right now. Yeah, we asked that. And we do have um, folks that are in training programs right now to receive the certification, but again, it's the time frame that it takes to take the course and receive the um, CDL uh, licensure. So that's our, our challenge. We continue to advertise, and we're also reaching out to our own employees to see if there would be an interest in training programs, because that may be an option for some of our paraprofessionals. So we are contacting them to see if there would be availability. But again, it's the lag time that occurs with the training. And many of the drivers were on board at the beginning of the school year, but since then they've declined. And so the concerns around the coronavirus have come up for them, and many of them have opted out recently. So it hasn't been something that happened a month or so ago. It's been some recent shifts with drivers. Dr. Owens, are you asking us to take a vote on the calendar to include the 4th, 5th, and 6th graders coming back on the 12th and the 7th and 8th graders coming in on the 19th? 4th, 5th, and 6th for the 12th, 7th and 8th with the 19th, and also the uh, update to return day schedule. You said the 5th. I thought we said they were coming back on the 5th. The fifth is, is as presented previously. So on the fifth, we would be rolling in the second and third graders in addition to pre-K through one, but that was already previously uh, identified. I'll make a motion uh, to support Dr. Owens in what he just stated. Motion made. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? I just, I. I just want to add one thing to it. I know that we're approving this now, but I don't want us to close the door on getting the high school children back in before November, even if it's to the point, and we all know most of us were ninth or 10th graders when we got our license. That was the one thing we wanted to do was to drive to school when we know that numerous children, students drive to school now. 
I would be curious to know at this point in time if we did a survey how many of those students wouldn't be riding buses anyway but they would have their own transportation at least that many and or the parent being willing to drop their child off when school starts would be progress to me for the high schoolers well we'll include that in our survey that's right we'll make sure we ask those questions in our survey that's good motion made a second all those in favor say aye aye, aye. those opposed hearing none pass it by unanimous vote school reopening and district calendar 6.05 tax relief requests we have two uh, tax relief requests and we'll go ahead and do we have a motion to accept tax relief request number one so moved. so moved second motion made and seconded any further discussion on tax relief number one motion made and seconded all those in favor say aye aye, aye. those opposed aye uh, mr trollfield will you poll the board please mr collins yes dr darmstadler yes Dr. Hattier? Yes. Mr. Layfield? Yes. Mr. Peden? Yes. Mrs. Pryor? No. Dr. Statler? Yes. Mrs. Wright? Yes. Seven yes, one no, zero abstention. Vote passes seven, one vote. Tax relief request number two. Do we have a motion to accept tax relief request number two? Motion, motion made. Seconded. Seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor of uh, tax relief request number two say aye. aye aye those opposed hearing none passes by unanimous vote 6.06 .06, fall sports thank you mr. Layfield uh, as many of you are aware and as we discussed uh, a couple months ago we have been able to bring students in for conditioning programs and workouts that has uh, since been updated with the DIAA amended emergency regulation 1010 and it was approved recently by the state board of ed which would allow for fall sports to continue under certain parameters which i'll share with the board this evening um, what it allows for is a three-week preseason for cross country boys soccer field hockey and volleyball and a 25-day uh, preseason for football uh, return diaa return to play stage four goes into effect today Schools have submitted a plan, and I, and I would like to acknowledge our two ADs, which are with us, to answer any specific questions we may have. Um, I do want to say thank you, because these plans are very uh, detailed and uh, cover a lot of ground for our sports. And I think uh, our ADs and our administration looked and our coaches looked at these from a safety perspective, as well as um, ensuring that we complied with the guidelines outlined by the state. So I do thank you for that. Uh, as I said, the schools have submitted plans and outlines of how they would be able to ensure uh, the safety of our students, participants to our, our athletic events, our coaches, and our attendees. These plans must include screenings of any attendees, including the athletes, any fans, uh, coaches, face coverings based on guidelines. There's various guidelines for uh, each individual sport. Uh, we do have reasonable accommodations that can be applied for there's also social distancing that must occur uh, when students or athletes are on the sidelines and various activities we had to submit plans for projected crowd capacities and mitigation measures for spectators cleaning and disinfection pra practices 
hand washing, hand sanitation, sanitation access. Um, we needed to identify for each site, both our high schools, a health and hygiene manager. Uh, we needed to include signage posted around our facilities to ensure folks are aware of the expectations. Uh, also, more specific plans are needed for indoor sports, uh, high-risk activity sports where modifications may be needed. Specta spectators must wear uh, approved face coverings, and athletes must follow face covering guidelines as outlined within our plans. I can tell you we need to, to look at things like fans, what we are considering here if the board would allow us to move forward with fall sports um, based on our capacities, which is uh, we must apply for. We are looking at with our largest capacity events, which typically are our football event events, when you include uh, fans, uh, players, coaches, band members, cheerleaders. Uh, if we were to include two fans per uh, attendee, that would be about 640 for Sussex Central and 605 for Indian River. So we did submit plans for that waiver. Um, again, I do have the ADs here. I'm not sure if those have been, uh, we've gotten feedback on that, but that would be for actual events. Um, and plans for our indoor at at activities, which at this time would be volleyball. We do not have a plan for middle school sports and checking with our neighboring school districts. They uh, do not have uh, plans for middle school sports either. However, uh, I will continue to work with our middle schools to see if there's opportunities for them to get clubs, workouts, activities going along uh, at our middle schools because I think it's important for those students if the board wants us to uh, move forward with fall sports for the middle schools to have some consideration as well. Right now, there, there is not a lot of momentum for middle schools. Uh, it is around uh, the criteria that's been outlined for our high schools at this point. We would also need to consider ticket sales. After talking with some of my colleagues in Sussex County, uh, there is some that are looking to uh, receive tickets for these events on an electronic basis, so there is no money exchange back and forth. Um, however, there are other districts that are not accepting any um, monetary uh, aspect to move into uh, the events at this point. I, as I've talked to the others, I do not know if I would recommend um, money exchange. I would allow our home uh, fans to come in uh, free of charge unless the board would, desires otherwise. Right now, based on those capacities, I would recommend home fans only, no away fans, so we can use, utilize both, our, both sides of our bleachers to accommodate as many of our our parents and families as possible. This is a, a lot to consider. Uh, again, our athletic directors are here. They can answer some specific questions uh, if we have them. Uh, I do think sports are a very important aspect of our students' lives. The socialization, interaction, uh, among other things that sports bring, uh, I think is important to our students. And I think if we have a, a solid plan in place, which is what I've seen, uh, I would make the recommendation to move forward with fall sports under the certain criteria that's been established at this point. All right. Um, support you. like to support the middle school sports as well. But with the only bringing back home fans, is, is this something the other districts are doing also? That's correct. Okay. We have a motion to move forward with fall sports. I have one question. Oh. Um, do we have the actual plan submitted from our district? Because 
I haven't seen a copy of them or anything yet. I'd Mr. Furman, I believe you submitted yours, uh, and have you received approval? You have. And I can, if you could send me that copy, I believe I have a copy, but he can send it to me and I can send it out to the board as well. That would be great. Mr. McGuire, yes. you're. Thank you. We have a motion. Well, this Mr. Collins, go ahead. I just got a question. The, the sports that normally don't play under the lights, with the, being so late in the year, um, are we going to make accommodations for those to be played earlier? Or are we going to move them to the stadiums? Yes, I would recommend um, that we support both varsity and sub-varsity, whether that's the availability of JV or freshman. I, do, I can't speak for other districts of whether they're going to have JV and freshman teams, but I think it's even coming out and participating and having the interaction would be good for our students. Mm -hmm. So, And then we could look to see if we could um, do any kind of competitions, but I would support uh, all levels. Yeah, I guess that'll be a question for busing as well if we feel JV teams or whatever it might be. I mean, if we have a busing issue now, and we're, we're talking about football, that's a lot of players to bus around. Um, has that been considered? Yes, both schools submitted a plan for the number of buses that they would need, okay. and we've uh, shared that with our transportation department. Because it's after the typical school day runs, we don't feel we would have an issue with those buses, but that is certainly a, an important consideration. Any further discussion? Are we considering middle school at all to be able to do even in district? We have not had an in-depth discussion. I will, I will bring that back to our middle schools and uh, look for Georgetown, Millsboro, and Selbyville to maybe have a collaborative effort. Maybe they can work together to have some. And even if they just played within the district, mm -hmm. we at will, least they would have sports. We'll analyze that, yes. Thank you. Have a motion to move forward with fall sports. Motion made. Seconded. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Hearing none, we move forward with fall sports by unanimous vote. Before we leave this topic, though, I'd like to discuss. They have regulations that the state has given, and I think most people are move, leaning forward, wanting to see fall sports for scholar athletes. However, there's some draconian rules they put in here. Face coverings on the field for our athletes is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Many of us have students that have played sports all summer long. Never seen a play at home plate at a softball game with both masks on. Field hockey, soccer, Delaware turf, here at Sandhill Acres, sports are being played. Athletes are remaining safe and healthy and they're not having to wear masks. We're putting quite uh, a bind in some of our athletes that may have the effects of asthma and other issues that would, could very well preclude them from playing sports because they have to wear a mask. So they're having to get special doctor's notes to do it. 
I just feel like, hey, this is great. We're moving forward with athletics. But I know there's a petition moving around from different organizations to, hey, now that we're here and we're allowing sports, let's clean it up a little bit. No other state in the union is demanding that their student athletes wear masks on the field, on the sidelines, in the stands, and the coaches, and the referees, it's being done. But we'll look what's going on at college. Look what's going on at other levels. No one's wearing a mask except the athletes in Delaware. Just something to think about as we move forward if it comes up for more discussion. Also, as an aside, do our athletic directors know as far as referee availability for all these sports, umpires, whatever it may be, is that going to be an issue? Mr. Farman, Mr. McGuire, I know you've looked into that. I just wanted to make sure we were, we're putting all this work into getting the kids out there if they're not actually going to be able to play games if we don't have the officials needed to do so. Again, I'll reiterate, I want to thank both of you um, for your efforts in developing those plans. I know they were time consuming, and after reading through them, I can tell that you had safety at the forefront. I appreciate that, and uh, I appreciate you keeping safety at the forefront as we move into the next, uh, next month uh, for practices and then games as well. So we want to keep our athletes safe and have a good experience moving forward. Thank you. 6.07, clash action lawsuit regarding vaping and vaping products. As discussed in uh, the executive session. So I can, I can share there's a class action lawsuit um, that uh, the Delaware School Boards Association has been looking into, well, was asked about, and they are asking if local boards would be uh, on board with moving forward as a part of that class action lawsuit with the understanding that we do have vaping issues within our schools. They take uh, efforts from our staff. They are, uh, vaping is, is unhealthy for our students. There's time considerations and there's discipline that's associated with that and funds that's associated with mitigating vaping. So uh, that's essentially why the class action lawsuit was, was brought up. And I know Mrs. Wright has been representing us on the, uh, as our board uh, representative with the state school boards. So, um, we would uh, ask this board to consider whether we want to be a part of that uh, class action lawsuit and each uh, board across the state is uh, giving this the same consideration. Is there a motion to move forward with the uh, New River School District joining the class action lawsuit? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? Could we get Mr. Lewis to get us some numbers on our vaping issues that we had over the last year. The differentiation the of vaping versus smoking with some of our issues. That's something we asked. Mr. Ask. Lewis, um, I am aware that uh, we input our uh, discipline into our e-school system. Do we differentiate between uh, 
what is considered smoking and what would be considered vaping? Uh, just to look back on some incidents that we had last year, many of the uh, building principals and their assistants are putting that difference in e-school. Uh, for example, if a student was um, found in possession of a vape pen, um, it is tested by our school resource officers to determine if it's laced with uh, THC. And so, yes, I think that documentation we can be able to get through uh, eSchool. I can tell you, and, and Mr. Lewis would uh, have uh, better information than I would, but we have seen a dramatic increase in the cases of vaping within our schools uh, over the last uh, two years or so. Um, so it is something that's becoming an issue, and we're looking at uh, various ways to try to, to, to stop that. Yes, and I can uh, reach out also to um, Detective Melvin from Georgetown PD because he was doing a study on that uh, last school year. So I'll reach out to him tomorrow and see what his numbers are as well. And I'll get that information to Dr. Owens and share it with the board. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Lewis. Thank you. Motion is, motion is made. Seconded. Seconded by Dr. Adair. Any further discussion? All those in favor of moving forward with the class action lawsuit, say aye. 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 All those opposed? It's unanimous. Old business, 7.01, uh, major capital planning and architectural contract. We'll be tabling that this evening until a further date. Uh, 7.02, Howard T. Ennis. Yes, I, uh, Mr. Booth submitted some uh, recent updates to me with regard to Howard T. Ennis. I can tell you we've been communicating with our uh, architects and engineers uh, almost daily uh, with regard to Howard Tiennis. Things are moving along nicely. We recently had a pre-bid meeting on September 16th, Sussex Central High School. It was a mandatory meeting for general contractors. There was considerable interest and attendance on addendum one within that, uh, within that contractor's meeting has been advertised. We have advertised addendum one uh, on my marketplace, which is a requirement of us. This was made to revise and clarify the contract documents and will be included with proposals. It dealt with subcontractors and structu structural steel framing. Uh, substitutional request will be addressed within that addendum number two. I will say that bids are due by 2 p.m. on October 15th, and we are still planning a November groundbreaking uh, a ceremony, and we'll have more information on that um, once a, uh, the bid has been awarded, uh, hopefully in October by the board. No further updates. Possible groundbreaking in November? That's the hope. 7.03, GW Carver consent update. Good evening, everybody. Um, just a couple quick updates um, this month. Nothing too big. First, our first quarterly Indian River School District Community Advisory Board meeting is Thursday night um, from 7 to 9, um, where we're working with members of the community that were selected to be on this committee. Um, there's an internal stakeholder group. We've had our first planning meeting being formed. Mrs. Blannard, myself, um, Mrs. Nika Reed, school counselor at Sussex Central, and Mrs. Trina Anthony, school counselor at Georgetown Elementary. We're all chairing this together, so we're going to do some, some really neat work across the district. The special master that was court appointed for the consent order, Dr. Linda Wren, visited the district on Tuesday, September 22nd, and we had successful visits at North Georgetown, Georgetown Elementary, Georgetown Middle, the Early Learning Center, Southern Delaware School of the Arts, John M. Clayton, 
um, and our camp classroom at Southern Delaware School of the Arts. Um, all former Carver students are in appropriate placements across the district at either their home school, a district intensive learning center at Georgetown Middle School or John M. Clayton Elementary, and or a contracted high road classroom at John M. Clayton Elementary or Georgetown Middle School. And when we visited, we got to see the students participating in the remote instruction and we had really good attendance and they were doing really well. Any questions? Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Birmingham. 7.04, administrative positions. We've got to take a vote on uh, 7.05, the salaries that go along with these administrative positions. Uh, we reviewed in executive session. Motion to accept the administrative salaries, excluding number 30. Is there a motion to accept? Motion to accept with the understanding that those raises are being given in steps which are already predetermined um, and are part of a, a normal structure, not what the board would necessarily say, hey, take it. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Hearing none. Unanimous vote on administrative salaries minus number 30. On the administrative salaries, uh, employee number 30, do we have a motion to accept? So moved. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor of moving forward with the salary of employee number 30, say aye. 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 Those opposed, I abstain. Ms. Troublefield, can you poll the board? Mr. Collins? Yes. Dr. Stadler? Yes. Dr. Hattier? Yes. Mr. Layfield? Abstention. Mr. Peden? Yes. Mrs. Pryor? Yes. Dr. Statler? Yes. Mrs. Wright? Yes. Seven yes, zero no, and one abstention. Vote passes with majority. Vote. Uh, eight, committee reports. 8.01, building and grounds. Dr. Right. Hattier. Thank you very much. Um, we had the chance to meet in person uh, after many, many months on 14 September. And a lot of ground was covered. A lot of old things were brought back up. Howard Tiennes, Sussex Central High School contracts already been discussed. Um, ESCO gave us a report showing how much money we've saved uh, on what they've done. The report showed about 51000 at this particular point for a five-month period. That's a good start. School security. Uh, all of our buildings are, are working on getting separate entrances and controlled entrances for people. East Millsboro, there's a window. I believe it was Selvyville Middle School. There's going to be a fairly larger extension uh, happening to that using existing pillars. And Mr. Booth's personnel are going to uh, do an in-house on a lot of the mechanicals, which will save the district quite a bit of money. Thank you, Mr. Booth and your staff. School paving report. Um, there are a lot of paving projects we need to look at, which I've, I got a list which I can forward on. Looks like we've got around 300,000 of various paving items that need to be done. Um, in years past, we would use our legislators would donate what they used to call street money, and that is being proposed at this point to see if we can build up a fund to get that done. Um, no action was taken in terms of you know which ones need to be done, but it, it's a pretty comprehensive list. School theaters, we looked at that with the lights. Um, Sussex Central being put off, Indian Rivers being put off for right now with the people moving into a new Sussex Central High School, spending many hundreds of thousands of dollars may not be the right thing to do at this time. Water testing, CO2 detectors, propane suppliers were discussed. 
Um, Sharp is taking over propane, which is actually going to be a considerable savings for the district. Our previous people are known for being some of the highest in the county. This should save us quite a bit of money. Um, Sussex Central scoreboard is completed and in for bas uh, baseball and softball. Georgetown Middle, Georgetown uh, Elementary painting of trim is completed. Millsboro Middle, they do need a new compressor for one of their air conditioning units, um, and that I believe takes a vote, Joe. No, all right, that's all. That's all minor cap, right? Okay, so that's going to keep us in business there. Playground review. Mrs. Wright brought up some issues on playgrounds. Thank you very much. I know when we were rebuilding our reserves, a lot of things were put off um, because we had to come up with uh, the 11, 12 million dollars the state thought we should have. So a lot of things were kind of tabled, and the playgrounds are, are one area. Back in 2017, we know that we had a compilation of those things, and that's kind of when everything came to a crashing halt. Um, we don't have the list yet, but I know that Mr. Booth is going to be contacting the various buildings and building a list for us in terms of what the needs are, not what their wants are. The wants are a different item, but at least we can get the needs. We also need to work on some kind of a permanent funding basis to see to it that that sort of thing can continue because right now we don't have one of those. And that's something that will be discussed in finance over the next um, several meetings. Sorry, it's a long list, folks. Um, IRS Chiller, this is a bigger one. Joe, would you like to address that for us, please? Thank you, Dr. Hatter. At the committee meeting, we had discussed the IR uh, Chiller. Uh, we're having some issues out there currently, and we had a contractor come in and take a look at it. It is a trained chiller, so it was Cyberlick trained that took a look at it. Uh, they gave us a price of $39,000, almost $40,000 to fix, uh, but the, it comes with uh, uh, some question marks. They're not sure that it'll actually, um, uh, over the long haul, be something that's a long-term solution. So at the committee, we discussed uh, putting in a new uh, chiller at Indian River. Uh, the committee discussed uh, how much that would be, which would which we anticipated be between three and four hundred thousand dollars. We were talking about a funding line, and one of the funding lines is the remaining contingency from the ESCO uh, project, and also there's some money of an overpayment to Chesapeake Utilities for natural gas that ended up being cheaper than what was quoted. Um, so with those things in mind, Dr. Hattier asked that we refine uh, our, our numbers, uh, so to speak, um, and check with uh, legal counsel to see if we could consider it being an emergency repair, uh, which uh, fortunately tonight, hopefully you're sitting here comfortable. So it, the legal counsel said that it would be difficult to prove that it was an emergency repair so they suggested that we go to a formal a bid. Um, so tonight, I'm recommending that uh, we uh, engage uh, GITE associates uh, to help the district come up with the formal, the paperwork for a formal proposal um, to be put on my marketplace uh, so that we conform to uh, the state bid laws and uh, and move forward on a new compressor for Indian River High School. Okay, that compressor is approximately 17 years old, correct? Correct. Okay, what's the lifespan on a on a commercial chiller like that? Mm -hmm. I I don't I would I couldn't tell you. 
but you can say 17 years is a pretty full life. Yes. Okay. Um, we talked about it, and for the money involved, and Indian River has how many chillers? Uh, they have three circuits, six chillers. Okay. Six compressors, three right. circuits. I but this is, a, this is a chiller we're talking about, though, yes. not the compressor, right? Yep, the whole okay. thing. So I, I think it might be, it would behoove us probably to replace it rather than putting the, the 40 grand into the repair. Um, that way, at least we're starting off with a, with a clean unit. Um, and I think the lifespan on that would be better spent than simply putting 40,000 into a repair and the potential downtime if something does break at a later time period. Just getting it done, in other words. I can tell you that uh, within the last two, three years, we replaced uh, chiller, a chiller at Sussex Central High School. Mr. Booth, I believe you were a part of that. And I think that was around the same time frame, 15, 16, 17 mm -hmm. years uh, lifespan on right. that. Mm -hmm. Correct. So I think this is something we should look into. Uh, I think in the long run, it'd be money better spent. Um, I like the idea of using leftover money as well. It drops the cost. And some of it we already have as, as it is. Yeah. Or, uh, well, uh, Ms. Smith will talk about the minor cap and and how much we have of right now. Mm -hmm. And um, I think at the committee level, I believe she said we had about eight hundred thousand dollars. I'm not sure what we have tonight, but I'm sure she'll give you an update, um, and then we'll be able to cover uh, some of that with the other costs that I mentioned earlier. Do we need a vote to go forward with this? Okay, I'd yep. like to, to make a recommendation or uh, that we um, explore what it would cost and have the GIPE Associates. Uh, that's in your, uh, excuse me, Dr. Hattier, but that's in your uh, board docs, I believe. The okay. proposal by GIPE is approximately um, yes. 19, $19,000 lump sum. Okay, I'd, I'd like to recommend and say that we uh, vote on that please got a motion to accept we got a second motion made and seconded any further discussion all those so I do, yeah okay. i'm not yep. i'm i'm a little bit lost so gates going we're going to pay them nineteen thousand dollars to do what in in your packet you'll find uh, what it, what their schedule will pay for but it'll be a field investigation to uh, determine if any of the connections that the chiller, we did the same thing at Central, that they're uh, suitable. And if there's anything else that needs to be included into that contract beyond what the, what the chiller uh, item is. So you'll have connections, you'll have uh, things of that nature, the technical uh, issues as well. Um, what other, complicates Indian River and also uh, Sussex Central too, is that these systems were designed uh, to make ice and run efficiently. So they would make ice overnight uh, and then they would use the ice or, or that to cool down the schools during the day and we would get efficiency out of it. And we haven't been able to do that with the, with the current chiller over the past several years. So their field investigation is gonna take a look at that. They're going to prepare the design um, plans and the specifications um, and then they'll oversee the the construction part of it the actual um, uh, uh, replacement of the chiller and also taking out the old chiller it's they're pretty considerable it's about mm -hmm. two or three pages of items that they 
that they go through. So then how will, will this then go back with the ESCO part of it? Are they going to tie it back in where there's um, testing and the, the efficiency of it through ESCO? Um, yes. What happens um, is that they will come in and, and do a review, uh, which they do a review of any, anything the district does, and they'll do a review of this piece of equipment uh, to determine its, its efficiency and as it compared with the with the item um, that it's replacing so the their expense guidance expense could be a little bit more than nineteen thousand dollars in addition to their fee that line item that they have in there about travel outside reproductions overnight deliveries and all that stuff so we're looking at nineteen thousand and maybe a little bit more um probably not much more i would say but um they actually were the ones that designed the current uh chiller and i i got this uh proposal in the afternoon i believe and walked it down to dr owens and and we had the item on the agenda uh, that i thought we could discuss and possibly vote on This is the design and to help the district with the bid documents that go on my marketplace. It's the first step in the process, am I correct? Yep. Yeah. Okay, we got a motion and a second. Any further discussion? All those in favor of moving forward with the Gipe Associates plan, say aye. 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 Those opposed? Hearing none, moves forward with unanimous vote. Uh, Thank so you, you have a second Booth. item, Dr. Hatter? Yeah, we got the steel property settlement. I think that should be finished by now. I think we talked uh, about that. They, Even Dr. though there could they, be delays based the, on the, the China virus. They pushed the uh, settlement to October 5th. Okay. Uh, but the other reason why I'm standing up here, the other item on the board agenda was the fire panel at North That's Georgia. next. Oh, I'm sorry. Yep, I got you. Because I, I took it in the order that we did it in the, in the thing. Yeah, the property acquisition was delayed um, from the seller side. They had something happen. So okay. I'll ha I hope to have an update for you next board meeting. All right. And for those who don't know, the, the steel settlement, that's the house that's sitting out in front here. Um, it will become part of the Indian River property at that point. It'll square us off quite nicely, actually. I'm looking forward to that. Fire panels, a couple good things there. The SMS board did to, uh, send Selbyville Middle, right? Took the lightning hit. Or no, which one took the lightning Shall. hit? Shall. Shall took the lightning hit. Sorry, my typo. Um, state replaced that by insurance. No and pay. in North Georgetown, uh, that board had failed. We were told that there were no more parts available for it. We'd have to get a new one. And instead today, Mr. Booth? Yes. Um, actually, it came about last week, but it did come after the committee meeting. Okay. Um, where they found a part which they didn't think they were going to be able to find. And they're coming to North Georgetown on Wednesday. Uh, to put that part in um, we'll have fingers crossed uh, that'll be about two thousand dollars and give us some added use rather than going for a new fire panel which is what we would have to pay for um, which would be considerable considerably more than chow as well um, shouts has not been put in yet i i do not have a, a time yet for the replacement um, but georgetown um, we're hoping to know more on Wednesday, uh, when we spoke to committee, I uh, had no idea that they were going to find uh, the part. Mm -hmm. But uh, fortunately for us, uh, the fellow that works at uh, Johnson Controls um, has, a, has a connection with the district. 
and was very interested to see a network and he did not give up and he found a part that he thinks will solve the issues at North Georgetown. All right, and how old is that fire board? That fire board probably goes back to 96. Okay, that's what I thought. In other words, it's already uh, 24 years old, so. Yes. At some point, we're gonna need to consider replacing it, but at least for the next few years, we might get a, a little bit more life out of it. Correct. All right, thank you for the extra effort. Okay, um, IRHS easement for artesian water, that's for Frankfurt. It was discussed, but no action taken and uh, Indian River High School. We also talked about converting to natural gas here now that the natural gas line is coming in. And again, that's something that could result in a savings in, in energy usage to the district. Um, no action taken per se other than to discuss and consider. I think it's worth doing myself, but that's a, a future item for all of us. All right. I really look forward to getting back to the normal on the meetings. I think we can get a lot done. It was a great series of discussions. Um, a lot of stuff came up, and it was, quite frankly, fun to be back with everybody again. Thank you so much for those who attended. Alrighty, end of report. Do we need a vote on the North Georgetown Elementary? Mr. Panel. Mr. Booth, we had listed that as an action item, but I believe because you... Uh, I'm sorry. That, that part uh, and the insulation comes to about $2,000. Okay. So that was approved. Uh, minor cap okay. Uh, okay. money to be useful. Thank you Pain. for the clarification. 8.02 comprehensive school safety. I'll cover uh, Derek Cathell's report on the comprehensive school safety plan. All schools are required to complete an annual safety assessment as required by law. School resource officers and constables completed the assessment this month and forwarded any concerns to the building principals. The completion of this requirement has been forwarded to Homeland Security and the IRSD is 100% in compliance. Secondly, all schools are now in the process of completing testing of our radio lockdown system. This feature allows the building principal, constable, and front office secretary to activate our lockdown feature with the push of a button. This feature was implemented during the 2019-2020 school year. Each school is completing the test. Any concerns will be forwarded to Mr. Stephen Mitchell for repair. As of this date, all are functioning properly. Lastly, ERIP, the State of Delaware Safety Plan, is being changed over to Navigation 360. Homeland Security requested the Indian River School District and Apo School District to pilot the new program. Detective Hudson will participate on a Zoom call in early October with Homeland Security and the vendor to better understand the new systems and its capabilities. On or about November the 1st, there will be a statewide rollout of this new system. Constable Givens and Constable Toomey will assist in the rollout of this new system to all district employees. And that concludes the uh, update on comprehensive school safety. Any questions? Hearing none, moving on. 8.03. Finance, um, Dr. Hattier. Finance had a lively meeting there as well in person, and Mrs. Smith will give us a report when she covers her financial items. Thank you, Dr. Hattier. 8.05, uh, DSBA Board of Directors, Mrs. Liaga Ray. Um, you skip, you skip oh, Dr. Hattier, I, I'll, I'll come right back to you now that I said it. Do we have a report, Mrs. Ray? <laughs> 804, you want to do curriculum before me? Or? I apologize. I'll go right, back to Dr. Sattler. I checked it. 8.04, curriculum, Dr. Sattler. So the district has thoughtfully created a staff handbook focused on instructional and safety guidance. Um, a lot of work was put into that. The handbook was prepared to provide guidance to administration and staff. A few of the um, highlights of the differences from spring 2020 to the current fall are, number one, student work will be collected through various means and graded. 
number two, student attendance will be monitored through a variety of methods. Third, students will receive new instruction via the introduction of new standards. So thank you to everyone who worked so hard on this document um, over the summer. Uh, we also discussed the IRSD course frameworks. Uh, teacher leaders spent the summer learning how to prioritize and vertically align the grade level standards. This allows us to begin the year with standards driven instruction, which can accelerate learning for all students. The collaboration on this project uh, was outstanding, so thank you to our team for that as well. Once again, we have been awarded the Opportunity Grant, which is approximately $2 million for focused supports for our English learner students and low-income students. Uh, these funds provide school-based interventionists in literacy and math and summer school instructional programs. In regards to special education, the district has finalized our partnership with High Roads to have two on-site classrooms at John M. Clayton and Georgetown Middle School. These are high-level support classrooms with specific criteria needed uh, to provide placement. So thank you to Dr. Brittingham. And secondly, the special education and 504 uh, coordinators are working diligently to provide recovery services to all of our families in the district. This is a really important task, um, and I know that uh, Dr. Brittingham and her team are scheduling those meetings very quickly, um, as that is a priority. And our next meeting is scheduled for October 12th at 5 o'clock. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Hatter. Dr. Statler. 8.05, DSBA Board of Directors. Ms. liaga -Rake. No report. 8.06, DSBA Legislative. No report, no meeting. 8.07, Mary Bailey Scholarship. Mr. Beeden? No activity, nothing to report. Thank you. 8.08, Special Education Task Force. Dr. Statler. Yes. So the task force met earlier this month. Um, the majority of our work was focused on Special Education Week at the end of October. Ambassador selections will be notified this week and will be recognized at the October board meeting. Um, in addition, Dave Mall will be working with us on our social me uh, media campaign. Uh, a special thank you to our community partnership with the Hawker family and Andy Timmons, who have donated our billboard space again to our group this year. Uh, we certainly appreciate their commitment to helping us to celebrate special education in the district. And finally, we're excited to host a Kindness Matters initiative. Uh, this year where our group will be engaged in spreading messages of kindness and appreciation in our buildings and a lot of this focus will be on our staff. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Statler. 8.09, policy. Chief Collins. We did meet in person this month. Um, as you can see, there were quite a few policies that were brought up as part of our normal review process. And once again, our wonderful school choice policy was discussed. Um, there is no action on this policy tonight. However, after discussion with, with some, uh, some of our staff and, and parents uh, district-wide, um, you'll see some changes to uh, number five and number seven. Um, basically, the change is taking our uh, industry students of employees and moving them up to a number five. Um, prior to this, they were a number six. So we're moving them up into the process. 
I'm basically trying to help our staff members that would like or need to keep their students with them as they're moving from. Um, if you have a teacher at one school that's trying to get a student from another school to keep that student with them, um, basically trying to help our, our staff members. We did a little bit of a cleanup to um, the definition of returning student also after getting some advice from, from DOE. But that's the two changes uh, currently to the school choice policy. This is only for a review, or excuse me, for a first reading tonight, and we'll come up for a vote next month. So no vote, just first reading. No vote tonight. So, uh, before we move on from the committee meetings, I want to thank fellow board members for stepping up to the plate. It's challenging with everything going on and picking up new roles. So I thank everyone for stepping up, losing three board members that were on different committees and shuffling it around. I, I appreciate everyone's time and attention and dedication. So thank you. We we'll, we'll, did an excellent job. I'm, I know that will continue. 810, IREA rep. I know uh, JR is not able, he was planning to be here tonight. He had uh, something come up, he's not able to be here, but I believe uh, Ms. Hockman's gonna join us via the phone. Is that correct? Okay. Yes. Okay. Hi everybody, it's Linda Hockman. Um, we just have a couple of comments. IREA would like the board to know that we are gathering data to help the district address the concerns among our elementary teacher members regarding the workload, including members' feelings that they're being um, micromanaged. Uh, now more than ever, teachers need to have time to work on their lessons, either with grade level peers or on their own. So less meetings, less PD, and no new, new, new initiatives would be appreciated. We understand secondly that and agree with the idea of getting students back into the school is in their best interest. However, we are concerned in accelerating the elementary student return schedule. Our members need time to make adjustments to instructions that will be necessary to facilitate face-to-face -face learning. We would also like to see a two-week notice given before a change is made in the secondary level as well. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Mrs. Hockman. Nine, superintendent's reports, 9.01, activities. Yes, uh, I included in your board docs the superintendent's report, which is uh, various activities, but I would like to just highlight my visits to our schools. Mrs. Blannard and I have both had uh, the pleasure of visiting uh, our schools over as we've, we've welcomed students in, spending the, the bulk of our time at our elementary schools, specifically in our pre-K, K, and first grade classrooms. It's uh, really been a, a pleasure to uh, welcome students back in and see the tremendous work that has been done uh, in those classrooms by our teachers and our staff. And it was, uh, I, I would say that was certainly a highlight and we've been looking forward to that since March when we broke for the pandemic. So uh, again, onboard docs is a comprehensive list of my superintendent's activities, but that certainly was indeed the highlight here the last two weeks. Thank you, sir. Financial reports, 10.01, regular invoices for the month ending in August. Motion to approve. We have motion to motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Uh, any further discussion? 
All those in favor of the regular invoices for the month of August, say aye. 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 All those opposed? It's unanimous. Ms. Smith? Good evening. Um, in board docs, you have um, the August 31st financial reports. We are 17% of the way through the fiscal year. We've received $105 million in revenues and spent approximately $27 million. 82% um, of that is in salaries, $4.9 million in discretionary expenses. Howard T. Ennis spent $2.1 million and we received $148,000 in local tax revenue in August. Part two, we received approximately $48,000 in interest in August. The ILC program spent $407,000. Our student activity funding balance is approximately $419,000. Um, there's a new report in part two um, for the CARES Act funding. We received $2.3 million, 64,000 is encumbered, 111,000 has been spent and we have $2.1 million remaining. We have $4 million in federal funds available and are holding almost $1.2 million in donations and student funds and internal accounts. For August, we made no major cap payments. Um, minor cap, we've spent approximately two and a half million and of a balance remaining of approximately $896,000. Any questions? Yep. Um, we had talked at the finance committee meeting and at Buildings and Grounds about how much was left over for a potential chiller. Where are we on that from uh, this year's money versus next year's money? Minor cap, we have 896,000. We do have that much, mm -hmm. thank you. Anything else? Right, thank you. Eleven point oh one. No student hearings. Moving on to twelve personnel. Do we have a vote to accept the personnel agenda for September the twenty eighth? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor, say aye. 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 Those opposed. Passes by unanimous decision. 12.02, personnel agenda for September the 28th. Uh, motion, motion to accept. To, motion to approve. Motion to approve. Seconding? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Passes unanimous vote. 12.03, contractual agenda for September the 28th. Is there a motion to accept? So moved. Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Passes unanimous vote. We're back to 13 public comments. Anybody from the public have any comments this evening for the board? Hearing none. Nothing comes further for the board. Meeting is adjourned. Thank you.